Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of Colts Coffee and Conversation. My name is Carl. And I'm Holly. I'd like welcome to another wonderful edition, exciting edition, Colts Coffee and Conversation. How are you doing, Holly? I am hanging in there, Carl. That's all I can say. How are you? Well, you know what? I'm a little bit better than that. I'm chilling like a villain. Anyway, welcome to the final episode of the Moonies. Yay! Woo! And of course, the last episode was very juicy. But it was only a setup for what's coming Just next. Just a setup. This, if you think, like, the first, uh, last second of the last episode of this was like, man, that's some messed up stuff. We got more, more stuff, more things to discuss. But before we discuss about our cults in a conversational form, let's talk about our coffee. Holly, what are you drinking? I am drinking a luscious uh, hot caramel macchiato upside down. And of course, I had a normal boring hot vanilla latte, but man, it was delicious. Alrighty, so before we start to get deep dive down into the Moonies and finish these guys off, that's weird way of saying it, but yes, <laughs> uh, before we uh, let the Moonies go, fly, 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 we still want to give our shout outs to our Coltonites out there. We love you, we love you, we love you. And of course, you're like, how can I become a Coltonite, Carl? Well, let me explain something, a couple things to you. You can just reach out to us, listen to us, like us, give us those five stars, leave comments. We don't care. We subscribe. just subscribe. Oh, yeah. Click and subscribe. That's the most important one to help the algorithm of climbing up the charts of. I always get this wrong. Sciences. And no, it's uh, social. Uh, culture, culture, so, uh, culture and something. What is it? doesn't matter it climbs the charts we want to be number one people it's in uh society and culture there you go society and culture we want to be up on we want to be on the top there's a couple people out there who are doing pretty decent but they're not as good as entertaining as we are yes i'm biased guilty as charged anyway reach out to us on our facebook page uh colt's coffee conversation we have our instagram colt's coffee convo the twitter machine colt's coffee con one that is colt's coffee con and the number one and of course our wonderful good old faithful email address at colt's coffee convo at gmail.com but wait just like an infomercial there's more holly take it away yes take your voice memo Record a message to us and send it off to colt's coffee convo at gmail.com all righty are you ready to Get into it. Ready to roll up the sleeves. I am. Deep dive in. Okay. We actually left off at uh, Reverend Moon, his daughter, Injin, who ended up taking over the... Uh, well, the American church. Yes, it took over the American portion of the church, okay? And, and she of course, tried to modernize it and get it to where it would be like the church of what's happening now. Exactly. So trying to upstart it and, of course, the... The marriage of the dead son, all that weird stuff. So, well, are you ready to get weirder? Let's get weird. Okay. All righty. So, the campaign, which cast Moon as an innocent man who had been prosecuted for his unconventional faith, struck a nerve. A motley coalition included the American Civil Liberties Union, then Senate Judiciary Chairman Orrin Hatch, and religious conservative leaders such as Jerry Falwell, he's a treat, and Tim LaHaye, who's also another treat, eventually rallied behind him to help transform Moon from a pariah to a martyr. By the summer of 1985, when Moon was released from prison, the Reagan Revolution was in full swing and Moon was perfectly positioned to benefit. The Washington Times, which had launched three years earlier, had become a must-read among conservatives. Now, Reagan himself uh, read it every morning. Moon also won points with the new right by uh, wadding into anti-communism proxy wars, and also in Latin America. Now in 1985, uh, continuing, 
Congress cut off aid to the Contras. The Washington Times Foundation launched the pro-Contra slush fund. Fun. Moons think tanks on front groups also advised his agenda on the home front. Moon also launched an American Family Coalition, which soon surpassed the waning moral majority uh, as one of America's leading religious conservative organizations. And he worked in conservative Christian leaders as on a grassroots campaign to push the Republican Party to the right. Now, this network expanded from Washington, expanded in Washington. Moon's dream of remaking America seemed within reach. By this point, Injun and James had settled into something resembling Moon's ideal of married life. James, who held a Ph.D. in finance from Columbia and a law degree from Harvard, launched an investment firm called Paradigm Global Partners and began carving out a reputation as a hedge fund guru. Injun, who had studied philosophy and political science at Columbia, raised and homeschooled their children. But Steve, who now ran a church-owned music venue, the Manhattan Center, couldn't manage to put his wild youth behind him. Like other moon ventures, the Manhattan Center was lavishly funded by Japanese donations, Mm. which Steve treated as his private ATM. According to people close to the family, he once marched into the office with $600,000 in a Bloomingdale's bag and skimmed off $400,000. It was gone in less than a year. Dang. The cash fed Steve's drug addiction. Oh, lovely. According to sworn statements from Steve's wife, Nansuk Hong, and people close to the family, by the early 90s he was spending days holed up in his room gorging on cocaine. And he pressured others to join in, including James Park, who is Injun's husband. Hong claimed that when she was seven months pregnant with her fifth child, she found Steve doing cocaine at East Garden and tried to flush it down the toilet. (laughs) Steve smashed his fist into my face, blooding my nose, Hong later recalled. He wiped my blood on his hand, then licked it off. Tastes good, he said. This is fun. Ugh, gross. All righty. One early morning in 1995, Hong hustled her five children into the back of a cargo van and fled his garden. Now, she later filed for divorce and published a devastating expose of life inside the compound, which is called In the Shadow of the Moons. Now, in 1998, she, a moon daughter, Injin, who claimed her husband had abused her too, Uh, went on 60 Minutes and unleashed a flurry of allegations about sex, drugs, and violence inside the Moon's ideal family. Moon was still reeling from this bombshell when the following year, his second youngest son, Philip, who was also trapped in an unhappy arranged marriage, hurled himself from the 17th floor of the Harris Casino in Nevada and died. Now, the family turmoil made a mockery of Moon's teachings. Now, Moon had already lost some of his political leverage during the early 90s. As communism crumbled and the Democrats seized control of the Congress and the White House, how many disillusioned followers began turning their backs on the church? Moon, who believed that America's culture of moral degradation has caused his children's downfall. He grew bitter towards his adopted country, which he branded Satan's harvest. But he didn't give up on the United States entirely. Instead, he began courting new groups such as socially conservative black churches 
and Democratic politicians. Now, the church who launched the Women's Federation for World Peace, which packaged his theology as a tool for the liberation of women, uh, liberation in this case meant reviving traditional families by being usually obedient. Okay, so that's kind of the opposite of what we thought liberation of women is, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> so Mrs. Moon, who whose role in the church had had been mostly ceremonial up until this point, was named president. Now, she began traveling the world, proclaiming herself a co-messiah and urging women to devote themselves to their families, saying, quote, we must spread to the whole world a model movement in which we embrace our husbands and raise our children properly, end quote. Now, on several occasions, former President George H.W. Bush, a major benefactor of Moon's family donations, appeared alongside her, as did his wife Barbara. In a major departure, Moon's formally declared Mrs. Moon to be an equal and promised she would, quote, inherit everything from father, end quote. With every setback, Moon's plans only grew more grandiose. Later that year, he made an announcement. By February 2013, all humanity would join hands under the banner of a global nation of cosmic peace and unity called Chion Il Guk. Oops, I guess that didn't happen. No, because it's now 2020. Moon and his followers began preparations in Korea, launching a police force, commissioning an anthem, and adopting a flag. They also built Moon an elaborate castle shaped like the U.S. Capitol building. If Moon couldn't actually conquer America, at least he would do so in symbolic form. Mm. Around this time, Injin was living in Boston and pursuing a doctorate in divinity at Harvard. Her father, who was splitting his time between New York and his kingdom in Korea, no longer kept close tabs on her. Over time, she shed her sense of familiar obligation. She started writing and recording romantic pop songs. <coughs> and around 2004, according to a half dozen sources close to the family, she started an affair with a keyboard player and a longtime unificationist named Alistair Ferrant. Soon, Ferrant abandoned his wife and children and began camping out at Injun's Place. Now, she was married to James Park. That's correct. Who was crushed. He felt really displaced, says one member of his inner circle. He felt like he had lost his family and everything that gave him meaning. Park started binging on cocaine mm. and paradigm his company suffered. According to people with inside knowledge, one of Park's business partners began angling for control of the company and Park began hunting for a buyer friendly to his interests. As luck would have it, he found one in an unlikely quarter, then-Senator Joseph Biden's family. Mm, now, at this time, Biden was mulling a 2008 presidential bid. According to sworn statements from the people involved in the deal, he worried that his son's Hunter's lobbying career could hurt his campaign and asking his brother James to find Hunter a new line of work. Now, Hunter Biden disputed the account in an interview with the New Republic. Now, James Biden approached the business associate named Anthony Lotito, connected with the James Parks camp. Now, three of the men began negotiation to buy Paradigm. Now, on its face, the deal looked solid. Now, Paradigm's marketing material boasted $1.5 billion under the management and generous returns. And Lotito believed that they could quickly expand into union pension funds, which tend to have close ties to the Democratic politicians. 
So Latito and the Bidens pushed ahead. In the spring of 2006, they signed an agreement and gave them controlling stake in the company in return for $21 million in cash and to be paid in six months. Hunter Biden, who had no financial industry experience, was named CEO with a salary of $1.2 million. But it was clear that they needed James Park's hedge fund expertise. Now, which meant confronting him about his cocaine habit. Now, according to three sources close to the negotiations, James Biden visited James Park in persuading him to seek treatment in a center in Florida. Now, the Biden soon released paradigm wasn't as solid as they thought. Instead of $1.5 billion under management, they had just 200 to $300 million, and its holdings companies were buried in debt. Worse, the Biden's main financier backed out, but the Biden's found a way around the lack of capital. The summer, according to the court documents and the people close to both sides of the negotiations, they approached Park, who's still in treatment, and cut a new deal. Instead of $21 million in cash, they would fork over $8 million note. Now, Hunter Biden and his lawyer, Mark Lopresti, maintained that the deal was fair, given the state of the company. But people close to Park said he was emotionally fragile and felt indebted to the Bidens, which put him in a vulnerable position. Finally, in 2008, the economy collapsed, after which it emerged that Alan Stanford, whose firm was soliciting investors for one of Paradigm's funds, was running a multi-billion dollar Ponzi scheme. Oh! While the fund itself was solid, investors were spooked, and in 2010, Paradigm filed for voluntary liquidation. It was a thicket. Every time you thought you saw a way out, there would be another roadblock. James Park was never able to collect on the $8 million note and found himself facing a mountain of debt. But James and Injun were able to fall back on their Moon family ties. According to three sources close to the family, Injun's younger brother Preston, a Harvard graduate and a former Olympic equestrian, who controlled most of the family's American enterprises, agreed to bail the couple out with several million dollars. It was a decision that Preston would come to regret. By now, Moon was in his late 80s and contemplating his legacy. Despite his promises that Mrs. Moon would inherit everything, he had begun divvying up his global empire among his sons, including Preston, Steve, Justin, and Sean. But... Once again, tragedy struck the family. In 2008, Steve died of a heart attack at 45. Hmm. This left an opening for Injun, who maneuvered her way to the helm of the Manhattan Center, the only one of Moon's daughters to assume a leadership role. Now, Steve, he died at 45 while he was doing the cocaine. Yeah, no, okay. that, 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 I put that two and two together real quick. Yes. She immediately gave her lover, Alastair Ferrant, a top position and fired half the staff, many of them long-standing church members. She also began courting new talent, including a 30-something rock musician named Ben Laurentzen. Now, that summer, Reverend and Mrs. Moon were injured in a helicopter accident that when they were traveling in South Korea and it crashed on a mountainside. While they were recovering, their children began squabbling over the only major piece of Moon's empire that remained up for grabs, the Unification Church of America, which oversees the movements of the U.S. congregation, along with hundreds of millions of dollars in assets. Now, President saw himself as the natural heir, but In Jin also spotted an opportunity. Her family 
hadn't fully recovered from the paradigm debacle, and according to the people close to her, she was hungry for an additional income. When Justin approached her about uh, staging a takeover, she agreed. Now, while Preston was out of the country, Sean, who headed into the international church, issued a memo saying that Injun was to be a, quote, chairperson of the unification movement in America, end quote. Now, the American church then convened a board meeting by of course, led by Injun. Most of the existing board members were pressured to resign and were replaced with Injun's allies. Now, after which Injun was formally elected a chair, a bitter family feud ensued. Preston later staged his own boardroom coup at the Unification Church International, then holding the company for the Moon family's U.S. businesses, giving him an unfettered control over billions of dollars in assets. He used the proceeds to fund an offshoot movement that drew his father's teachings without defying the Moon clan. Injun, meanwhile, assumed the role of the chief pastor of the American church and began using it as a vehicle for her own passions. Mm. She launched the band Sonic Cult with Lawrenson as the lead singer. She also pushed back against traditions that had confined her in an unhappy marriage, openly condoning divorce and encouraging younger members to marry for love. Wow. Injun had her own reasons for loosening the church's mores. As Lawrenson on again, off again, wife Patricia discovered. In late 2009, Patricia traveled to New York with their two young sons to visit Lawrenson for Christmas. While they were staying at the New Yorker Hotel, Patricia borrowed Ben's laptop and found his email box brimming with sexually explicit messages from, from Injun. Delightful. I was so shocked, Patricia told me. I went back to my room and sat there trying to digest it. She confronted Injun over email, after which she says Lawrenson and another man turned up at her room and delivered an ultimatum. She and the children had to be out of the hotel by the next morning or they would be tossed out by security. Hmm. Now, Injun and Ben Lawrenson declined to be interviewed. Of course. Patricia later tried to alert the church's liaison for family matters, Philip Shanker, to the affair, but James Park assured Shanker there was no cause for concern. As Shanker explained in a letter to one parishioner, Injun's husband came to me thanking me for being honest and trying to protect true family and our movement, assuring me that this was a misunderstanding, that he trusted his wife, and that the wives of the men she works with easily became jealous and created false rumors. How convenient. Meanwhile, the family feud erupted into open view as a sibling sparred over billions of dollars in assets in court. And one of Injun's deputies traveled to the country delivering a PowerPoint presentation that cast Preston as a fallen Adam who was being controlled by Satan. This was the state of the play in nearly 2012 when Injun disappeared. On September 2nd of that year, the movement was dealt even a bigger blow when Moon died of pneumonia at age 92. He lasted a long time. Two weeks later, some 15,000 people packed into a Moon-owned stadium outside Seoul, Korea for the memorial. Mrs. Moon vowed to continue her husband's quest to, quote, build a world where all people live as one great family unto God, end quote. After the service, she and her children knelt above his burial vault, clasped hands, and prayed. Through all this, Injun remained absent. It was around this time that a birth certificate 
for a four-month-old boy began circulating on the Internet. To the astonishment of the Moon's followers, the child's parents were none other than Injin Moon and Ben Lawrenson. The baby probably would have come to light sooner had James Park not worked to cover up his existence. According to the people close to the family, James helped Injin rent a house in Cape Cod, lovely, where she and Ben could lay low during her pregnancy. Now, on top of the morning, their Messiah Moon's American disciples had to digest the news as a su supposedly sinless daughter was trampling his most sacred teachings. The core of our family is purity before marriage and fidelity between husband and wife. Long church member Mary Algen told me, we've devoted our lives to this vision, then Injun turned it around and slapped us all in the face. As it turns out, Moon didn't always live up to his virtuous teachings either. Mm. In April, I spoke by video phone with Annie Choi, a soft-spoken 77-year-old Korean woman with ruddy cheeks and a thick silver hair. Choi, who joined Moon's church along with her mother and sister in the 1950s, alleges that she engaged in numerous sexual rituals, some involving as many as six women, beginning when she was 17 oh. years old. Ugh. Her story, which is consistent with the accounts of several early followers, supports the claim that Moon's church started out as a sex cult with wow. Moon purifying female devotees through erotic rituals. Wow. By 1960, when he married Hak John Han, Moon was touting marital fidelity as his religion's foundational ideal. But Choi maintains she stayed on as Moon's mistress until 1964, Dang. when she moved to the United States. The following year, Moon made his inaugural visit to America. By the time he left, Choi says she was carrying his child. Yeesh. News like this could have sunk the fledgling American project, but Bo Hai Pak made sure that didn't happen. According to Choi, who has never spoken before publicly about the experience, Pak's wife stuffed her midsection with cloth diapers and pretended that she was pregnant. Dang. When it came time to give birth, Choi says that Pak accompanied her to the hospital and passed her off as his wife. The following day, he dropped her off at her empty apartment and took the baby back to his home. Later, Mrs. Pak brought Choi some seaweed soup, but Choi told me that she couldn't eat it. I just sat there crying with my tears falling in the pot. So basically what's going Gangster. on here. Gangster. Dang. So... They basically stole, they stole Choi's the baby. baby yep. And made it look like it was. Make it like it was theirs. Yeah. Wow. That's so gangster. Choi stayed in the United States to be near her son, Sam Park. The same young man Injun had fallen for during her teenage years. By all accounts, she was unaware that Sam was her half brother. Then, at age 13, it dawned on Sam that this kindly aunt who visited periodically was actually his mother. Bo Hai Pak later approached Sam and his mother with a contract. As a sign of their, quote, mutual love, affection, and respect, it read Sam Choi and Pak would release one another and the Moon family from, any quote, any and all past, present, or future actions, and quote, including... Uh, those arising from the inheritance claims in return, Sam and Choi would each receive a hundred bucks. You're such a giver. 
alleging that there were new victims of, quote, theology-based racketeering. Sam and Choi are now suing the PACs and the Moons for $20 million. Neither Unification Church nor the lawyers for the Moon and PAC families respond to their request for comment. Sam Park's existence was an indignity that Mrs. Moon had to endure, but the Time Engine's love child came to light. Mrs. Moon's husband and master was dead, and she was free to handle the situation as she saw fit. She demanded that Injin resign. Injin later issued an apology to all the members of the church, saying, quote, It was never our intention to hurt anyone. All we wanted was love and to be loved, end quote. Next, Mrs. Moon moved to claim the inheritance of her husband as promised. She wrested control of the International Church from Sean and issued a memo saying, quote, Everything that is carried out in Korea from this day onward will be centered on true mother, end quote. She later ousted Justin, who controlled most of Moon's Korean enterprises. After five decades spent under Moon's shadow, the kingdom was in her hands. And despite Moon's views on wifely subservience, it also became clear that Mrs. Moon did not share all of her husband's opinions. As she began speaking out in surprisingly critical terms about Moon's preoccupation with America. Now, during a trip to New York in late 12, 2012, she complained that she was squandered 40 years in the United States for, quote, such little return. Many members objected that she will soon turn her back on the beleaguered American project entirely, saying, quote, Reverend Moon really cared about America, end quote, says Richard Barlow, a former unification missionary who maintained contact with the elements of the church leadership, saying, quote, but his wife doesn't feel strong connection, and she ousted her children, who do. In late February 2013, the matriarch celebrated the arrival of John Il Guk, Moon's Global Kingdom of Peace and Unity, before some 15,000 devotees who packed into the Moon-owned stadium in Korea wearing identical wedding garb. The crowd sang the Jeon Il Guk National Anthem, and then Mrs. Moon, the former cook's daughter, swept into the stadium wearing a jeweled crown and a purple robe festooned with gold embroidery. She marched slowly up a long stairway to a giant replica of the Moon family palace and took a seat on a white throne. Next to her was an identical throne reserved for her dead husband. An attendant handed her a heavenly scepter, and she climbed to her feet. Quote, I proclaim the first year of Chien Il Guk, unquote. Trumpets blared, and the stadium filled with mist. Ooh. So, there it is. That is the moons. The moonies. Or the Unification Church. Or the Church. Unification Church of probably Korea now. They just probably have just withholdings. I don't think I don't I don't. Are they even still active? Well, let's uh, let's let's do a little tease. Sure. Um, in the future, I don't know how when. Ah, I we know might where you're going uh, with this. come a little bit back around. Sean to, to Sean. Okay. Moon. Yes. And uh, he's very interesting to me personally. I I don't know why, but <laughs> he is. Well, uh, I mean, yeah, it's one of those things where, yeah, Sean is a Sean is a gem. He, did you were you able to listen to any of his uh, recordings? Some dudes a nut. Yeah, he's a full, he's a full on nut, but you know, it's kind of one of those. Well, if things. you come from this family, uh, you're shocked you have some sanity. Oh my gosh, because he talks very eloquent. He's very well. Yeah, he's a total American Korean person. Yeah, he. 
And he's very well educated. But Sean, he's yeah. he's actually got a group in Pennsylvania that we, we could go uh, Iron Fist or Fist of Iron or something. Fist of Iron, something like that. Yeah, rods of rod of iron. I don't know, but we'll we'll, we'll get into this sometime uh, down the road Ooh, a little Sean bit. Sean is fun because we Sean have some other some other ideas we'd like to do before yes. we get to that. But uh, yes, so is this a cult? One thousand percent, this is a cult. Are you kidding me? First of all, the guy was tramping around like he's God. You know, I mean, I'm I'm I am impressed with his hustle. I respect the hustle because they still own the New Yorker Hotel. Okay. Yeah, they still have a lot of. They have a lot of money. assets. Yeah, they, they still do. have a lot of assets. So and, to sit and, there, uh, yeah. but uh, are they active in the United States? I don't think so. They might be. Maybe, but not as but grandiose she, as it was. In, you know, I think she has the the original. Uh, she's I, in Korea, church. right? But she has the original because original church came from Korea. Yeah. No, she's she's running Korea now. So we have to figure out later, a little bit later. Uh, we didn't follow up much. We wanted to kind of wrap this up. On uh, what's what's happening now? This, well, by I'm the way, I want to remind everyone, kind of, we should have done it at the beginning that this was an article, okay, uh, from the uh, New yes, Republic. Yes, it was a it's a continuum of the article. We took that the article is so long as you can hear that we had to split it in two. Yeah, it took me uh, uh, almost an hour just to read all this and just absorb yeah. it. So it's really good stuff. I mean, well, it's not good. So that sometimes you know, when we say things in that, like me, and they I told me, and, yeah. that was actually the reporter. Yeah, the, the reporter's name was, give me a second. It is, uh, it is uh, Mar Mariah Blake yes. uh, and from the New Republic, and it was in uh, November of 2013. Yeah, so it's the, still the November 12th. Seven, seven years old. Lots could have happened in that me in the meantime. We'll, we'll do a follow-up on that I uh, think when so. we open up uh, our, our, other one. our other one. Yeah, so uh, sorry, guys. We just got <laughs> super excited about all this stuff. I mean, the sad thing is, though, you know, when you talk about Reverend Moon and you see the damage done to the children, you know, I mean, what one committed suicide, the other one died in an accident. You know, it, the other one had a heart attack. Had a heart attack because of cocaine. cocaine. It's a hell of a drug. Um, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, you look back at '92 and it's all you've done is you mean you got billions of dollars, but that doesn't solve anything, kind of thing. And you know, then your secrets come out. You know, it's just a lot. It's just a lot, a lot, a lot of like. Holy cow, this is going on for a very long time and still going on now, but it's in Korea now. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know. Well, it definitely is a cult, 100,000%. Okay. This was good and juicy. This one right here. Yeah. That's the good stuff. Well, I won't say good, but it was the enticing information. Okay. Alrighty. Alrighty, guys. Well, once again, thank you, Coltonites, for uh, being with us. We appreciate it. We appreciate your time. We appreciate your five stars. We appreciate your likes. We appreciate your subscription subscribe and on that note good night holly good night carl